Hello to everybody who loves a good shopping cart potato. It's Beautiful Anonymous. It's one hour, one phone call. No names, no holds barred. I'd rather go one-on-one. I think it'll be more fun. And I'll get to know you and you'll get to know me. Hello, it's Chris Gethard. Welcome to another episode of Beautiful Anonymous. Thank you all for listening. I hope this provides you with an hour of distraction at a time. For people who are feeling isolated right now, I hope you feel like it connects you to humanity one hour at a time. Is that a tall order? Yes. We're trying to step up and deliver. Last week, we put out our episode with Syrian refugee, and I have to tell you, um, I was really, really proud of it. Really proud of it. I thought our caller was an extraordinary human being, and I saw a lot of people spreading that one around on Twitter, and it means a lot. It's an issue that's out there, and that caller humanized it, and thank you guys for embracing it, spreading it, all that stuff. Hey, uh, Pennsylvania, I know I had to cancel my shows in Philly. It was for boring business reasons. Don't worry about it. But I'm going to do a show in Royersford, Pennsylvania on September 27th. Tickets are on sale now. Go to chrisgeth.com. Royersford is uh, uh, less than an hour from Philly, from Wilmington, from Reading, from Allentown, South Jersey. It's close. So maybe I'll see some of you guys there. Go get tickets, chrisgeth.com. It's at a place called Soul Joel's Outdoor Amphitheater is the best name for a venue I've ever played. Maybe I'll see you there September 27th. Anyway, this week's call is another extraordinary one. I guarantee you've never heard a story like this. You never have. This is a story about love. It's a story about parenting. It's a story about loss. I do not want to say very much about it. I think it's just uh, really remarkable. You're going to hear, we joke around a lot in the beginning about some frivolous stuff. But when we get into the way this caller is planning on having a family, it is so beautiful in some respects, in other ways concerning. I bring that up. The caller brings that up. It's a story about current love and lost love. I don't even think you're going to believe it. Enjoy it. Thank you for calling Beautiful Anonymous. A beeping noise will indicate when you are on the show with the host. Hello? Hi. Oh my gosh, hi. How you doing? Oh, pretty good. Um, sorry, I'm riding my bike up a hill right now, so let me find a good place. <laughs> <laughs> I, can tell, I can tell there's something physically strenuous and outdoors happening. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, it's shady over here. I'll go over here. Yeah, that sounds good. How are you today? How am I? I'm pretty good. I, uh, I tell you what... I, uh, my son, my son got a little sick, which is scary right now. So me and him both got, uh, COVID tests, but I'd be, I'd be shocked if that was what we have. He's just a baby with a cold and I picked it up. Okay. Yeah. Well, good. I hope everything turns out well for you. And the do- better soon. My son is also, uh, he's like freaky strong for a kid his age. The doctor. Whoa, are you okay? It sounds like there's wind blowing into your phone, <laughs> like into the mouthpiece. Um, no, it's probably just my heavy breathing because I'm going uphill. Got it. But okay. I'll sit down and touch my breath. Nice. Uh, but yeah, the doctor said my son is freaky strong. It took three people to hold him down in the COVID test, and I was weirdly proud of that. 
Yeah. Wow. So who knows? Maybe he'll be a wrestler or something. Oh, I'd love that. I'd love that so much. Now, how are you? Oh, um, all things considered, doing pretty good, feeling pretty positive. Um, I told the producer, um, sorry, well, I really shouldn't have started going up that hill when I knew I might be on. Um, <laughs> I got laid off like two hours ago. Two hours ago? <laughs> yeah. Um, I had a meeting with my boss and uh, I work for a small business. So with COVID and everything, um, they just didn't have didn't have the funds to pay me anymore. So I love my boss. He's a friend of mine and no hard feelings. Um, but yeah, so I'm kind of a free bird all of a sudden. That's a bummer. That's a bummer. I'm sorry. And then I was all set to go yeah, on a yeah. rant, like screw your boss. And then you're like, he's a good friend of mine. So now I can't even give you that. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. She hired me, um, just as like a shop worker, you know, and then, uh, slowly gave me more and more responsibility as I asked for it, which I really appreciate. Um, and yeah, I love the business. I will continue to be a customer even though I don't get free ice cream anymore. Oh man. He's going to hook you up with ice cream. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> if you yeah, show up so. there and he's like, that's five seventy-five, please. So you turn around, you throw your moose tracks right at him. You're actually pretty accurate. The, the the price of artisanal ice cream right now. Mm. People are sometimes surprised how expensive it can be. But look at that. Well, I'm a New Yorker, so I overestimate prices on everything. Yeah, true. That makes sense. Now I'm a, I'm back that to being sense. a Jersey guy, though. Well, I'm sorry. And and what when you say you're a free agent, what type of stuff are you looking forward to doing uh, moving forward? Um, you know, I really don't know. <laughs> I really don't know because uh, I have a lot of interest in general and I've never really had a real career. I just kind of have had a lot of jobs in my life. And this job was the longest I've ever been in one job. Uh, it was about three years. And so I really was committed to like maybe giving them five or something, but you know, it just wasn't in the cards. And is there any anxiety about your ability to pay the rent, pay the bills in light of this? Or can you go on unemployment now? Um, I can go on unemployment. Um, luckily, I've been a pretty good saver the last year. I'm not always a good saver, but I'm saving up for something special. So if I have to dip into the savings a little bit in the meantime, that'll be okay. Um, plus, I have a partner who's a teacher, and um, so she'll still get her regular paycheck and I think we'll be fine. We'll be fine. She owns our house and uh, yeah, we'll be fine. Nice. Nice. That's good to hear. Yeah. That's good. To um, hear. That's actually kind of related to what I had always imagined uh, talking to you about if I ever got on. Um, that's that what I've been saving up for is IVF. Oh, so, wow. You know, fertility. Um, yeah, my partner and I, we'd love to have a baby in the next couple of years, but it is expensive. So we've kind of been saving since January last year with like our eyes set on trying to have a kid or two. That's very cool. Congrats. Yeah. Um, 
And oh, I forgot to mention, um, I should probably tell you, we have spoken before. I got on when you did that big, like, two minute call extravaganza. Oh, nice. Good to talk to you. So, I don't know if you remember, but uh, I have the shopping cart garden, which you oh. seem to be pretty um, <laughs> taken with. Yeah. At the time, <laughs> you, yeah. I listened back and you talked to like so many people about the shopping cart after that. So. Oh, yeah. The shopping cart. Uh, who, whoever, who would have thunk it? You, how's the garden going? You still got that garden thriving? Oh yeah, it's great. Every year it gets a little better as I learn a little more. Um, but yeah, and actually one of my neighbors came over and saw my shopping cart garden and, uh, he manages an apartment complex. So people dump shopping carts there sometimes and he brought me over another one. So I think I'll put my potatoes in there next year. You got potatoes. Potato, don't potatoes yeah. eat, by definition, aren't they root vegetables that grow underground? Uh, yeah, so I'll fill the shopping cart full of dirt. Uh, well, what you do kind of as potatoes grow is um, as soon as they're green parts, because even though they're roots, they still have green parts. After the green part comes up and grows big, you kind of cover it with more dirt, and then it continues to set more roots. And, uh, and then eventually I'll fill the whole shopping cart with dirt, and uh, the potatoes will grow in the cart, and then the green parts will be coming up out of the top. That's and the plan. I feel like I asked you this last time. I, I'm almost certain I did. My memory's hazy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's the burlap, Chris. The burlap, right? The shopping cart has holes, so you put the burlap. Yeah. I love that you the knew where my mind was off. <laughs> So you fill that burlap, and then it's like you got a shopping cart full of potatoes, and you never even had to go to the supermarket. Yeah. Well. You know, we love potatoes in our house, so we can't really fully sustain ourselves, just what we grow, but we get pretty close when it comes to um, produce anyway. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That's, uh, I love it. I love hearing the update that now we're going to have a double shopping cart garden. Someday your entire property will just be covered in <laughs> shopping carts full of burlap and dirt, and you will have uh, achieved your <laughs> ultimate destiny. Yeah, well, I actually had an idea recently to maybe do like a bit of vigilante gardening and like take shopping carts that are on the side of the road and plant stuff in them and then just like wheel them somewhere and like leave them on the side of the sidewalk somewhere random. I thought that might be kind of cool. And are we talking with flowers or vegetables? Um, little of this, little of that, you know, like if you get the short ones that have the double layer, you can kind of plant a couple things in there. I don't know. I, like I don't know. That. I've heard there's like these vigilante gardeners who will go around and like, I think if I remember reading about it, right. It's, it's something like sometimes cities have a problem with it where it'll be like, there's like a dormant apple tree and somebody will go and, mm -hmm. and graft a branch that actually produces apples. And then the tree will start producing apples again. Uh -huh. And people go, you know. Oh, yeah, I've heard about that. Yeah, and then people go, people do it in cities and go, well, now kids have access to apples. Homeless people have access to food. And the city's going, yeah, but when they fall down, who's going to clean up all these apples? So I guess I can see Yeah, this, I yeah. Think. I actually um, live in a fairly, um, oh, I don't know, progressive, uh, a little bit hippie, a little bit grunge town and we have a couple public orchards like we have an apple orchard and a, a blueberry orchard where all the fruit is free 
And then they're just kind of tended by volunteers. And uh, with COVID and everything, um, I've heard that the blackberry vines have kind of taken over a little bit and things didn't get pruned as well as they should have this year. Um, but I love that idea. What do they call it? Uh, like a food forest? I really like that idea. That's nice. And then if you got a family and you're having some tough times, you need to let extra food on your plate, you go down there, you get to hold your head up high and feel supported, but not like you're... Uh... You know, without the mental stress of feeling that feeling of defeat. I think that's yeah. beautiful. We also have this other program, um, which they might have this in other cities too, but it's like a free food uh, program. I don't know how to call it, where people just will plant their little, uh, you know, right away parking strip that's like on the opposite side of the sidewalk from their house right. with yeah. a garden. And then they'll set up a little table with a sign that says food is free. And then People can just come in and take food. There's probably a couple dozen of those, um, or I don't know, maybe 50 uh, tables like that around town for people to get free food. Sounds to me like you live in a cool town. Yeah, I like it. I like it a lot. Well, apparently you got to walk, uh, watch out, though, because um, I've heard that these liberal cities are, uh, are overrun with uh, – oh, never mind – you know what I'm saying. <laughs> Overrun with chaos. Overrun with chaos. Yeah, too many. And then, then too you, many you, anarchists who want to like give each other pickles and stuff. Yeah, yeah. And then you're telling you're you're in a town that um actually people are growing free food for each other out of a sense of uh, civic responsibility and love for humanity. Anyway, I went political. Listen, here's why I love beautiful anonymous is you can say. So myself and my partner are planning on uh, are planning on uh, conceiving via IVF, and then we can spend the next twelve minutes talking about uh, blackberry vines and uh, shopping carts. I love that. I tell you, Chris, I could fill a whole hour just talking about my garden and my chickens. Which after we spoke before, I got chickens a little while after that. Um, so that's a whole other exciting thing. Um, if you've never raised chickens, like you're out in the country now. Yeah. When your kid gets a little older, like chickens are the best. I see one of my They're neighbors so has a chicken coop. Yeah, I mean, do you like eggs? Who doesn't? Except, I mean, vegans, um, people with egg allergies, and people who don't like the taste. Yeah. Right. Well, I love eggs, and um, I'm really, they haven't quite started laying yet, but I'm really excited to have them fresh every day. That's nice. Do you have to watch out for predators, crafty foxes, industrious raccoons? Um, we don't have foxes where I live. We do have raccoons, but luckily I live on like a pretty main street. And uh, yeah, you just got to fortify the coop a little bit, make sure they can't get the, you know, dig under it or anything. Um, also like predatory birds, but I tend to keep my chickens covered uh, unless I'm outside with them just so that the hawks don't get them. Yeah, you got to watch out for those hawks. But if you get a dog, too, then then the dog will kind of help protect the chickens, too. <sighs> my I'm kid, just saying, you could, have a, you could have a farm, Chris. My kid loves dogs so much. My kid loves dogs. And when we were hunkered down for COVID at, at uh, Upstate, you know, before we got to move in, I think I've mentioned it on this show that I had a relative with an open house and our move got delayed. Anyway, my mother-in-law stayed with us for a while and she brought her dog 
it was like six weeks she was with us maybe. And all of a sudden we noticed my kid, every time the dog entered the room, Cal goes <laughs> and sticks his tongue out. And he's, and that's, he, when we say, what's the dog he say, he doesn't say rough, rough. He goes, <laughs> so this kid loves dogs. And then here's the other thing, the house I bought, the owner left, they got in, installed one of those invisible fences. So it already has like an expensive oh. dog training control, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, oh God. Damn it! I'm gonna wind up with a dog. Your your fate is sealed, Chris. That's all I'll say. Your well, fate is sealed. I've said to Hallie a whole bunch of times too. I'm like, uh, well, if we're gonna get a dog, I want to get a dog where because there's a lot of woods around here. We're in, you know, we're in a neighborhood with other houses, but you you walk to outside of the neighborhood, and you are there's farms and woods. So I want to get Cal a dog where if uh, any sort of you know you know any sort of uh, person's living in a bunker in the woods with ill intentions and they try to snatch my son that this dog can destroy the person. And my wife has explained to me that I am, uh, I think the word she uses is crazy. I think she says crazy. (laughs) Hey, it's, it's kind of part of what dogs were domesticated for, you know, to help protect us and hunt for us and all that. That's why they're man's best friend. Yeah. But I'm sitting here looking up like I'm like going on Google and I'm like, what are the what are the most badass dogs that you can actually control? Like I'm Googling <laughs> things like that. Like list of dogs that will kill on your behalf, like things like that. Just because I want to protect my little guy, you know? But I'm what's the word? Yeah. What are the words my wife likes to toss around? Um ridiculous? That's another one. That's another one. <laughs> anyway. Now we've gotten sidetracked by gardens, chickens, and dogs. And are not tackling the uh, the topic of IVF, the which topic is a, at hand. it is a fun game to see how many tangents we can go down. Yeah, and um, the listeners love it. As as a as a long time listener, it is nice when you get those little a little bit of a soft open, you know, not just. And look, this show this show is about real life. We don't overproduce it. You can vouch for me now. Yeah. You've been listening for a while, and now you've gotten through a second time, but technically the first time. It's not like the producers sit there and grill you too much. It's just, what do you want to talk about? All right, you sound pretty good. And then they patch somebody through. So real-life conversations, you don't sit there and just focus on the one thing. You go where it wants to go. That's what we do here. That's right. Um, well, I will give you a little more information about the baby situation. Mm-hmm. Um because I guess that's kind of part of why I've been trying to get through lately. Um, So we have a bit of a unique situation because um, the, I don't know where exactly to open with this. So um, before my current partner, I was dating a man. I'm pansexual. So, I've dated men and women and um, so, and he was a sperm donor uh, before I even met him and we were together for about a year and a half and then he passed away suddenly in an accident. He was hit by a car and, um, you know, jumping ahead a couple of years uh, when my partner and I started getting serious, um, she asked if it was a possibility at all to reach out to the sperm bank um, where his sperm is being held and uh, 
also get in touch with his family and see if this is something they would be supportive of. And so uh, once the money comes through, once we uh, save enough, we'll actually be um, hopefully having a child with the sperm that my uh, former partner donated, actually. So uh, it's kind of miraculous and awesome, but um, also uh, complicated, to say the least. And let's pause there. It's miraculous and awesome, but also complicated. Has there ever been a bigger understatement than saying this situation's a little complicated? Really is. We're going to dive into it. And uh, made my head spin. I think you're going to enjoy it. Come back after the break. All right, break's over. Let's go ahead and uh, dive deep into one of the more fascinating family planning situations any of us have ever heard about it's kind of miraculous and awesome but um also uh complicated to say the least what a fascinating story first thing i'm going to say is that sounds so hard to lose a partner like that out of nowhere and i'm so sorry that you went through that Thank you. Yeah, it was my first experience with death, really, besides, you know, a distant grandparent. Um, And I was, uh, let's see, I was only 25 at the time. And uh, yeah, it it completely rocked my world. I didn't know that, that, you know, like people talk about being in shock. And I didn't, like, realize what that actually meant until I was experiencing it. And I like couldn't eat and um, I was like, couldn't sleep. You know, my mom came to be with me when it happened and um, she would just give me Benadryl to make me fall asleep. Um, This is actually, you'll like this. Um, So uh, we were in Las Vegas um, when the accident happened and we had been road tripping around the U S well, not the whole U S but like California coast over to Las Vegas in a van, um, my partner and I and his brother. And so when the accident happened, my mom flew down to be with me and to drive my van back up. And I had just started listening to Beautiful Anonymous. And we basically listened to episode after episode the whole drive home. Um, And that was a really nice distraction at that time. And um, in the like kind of year after that, when I was really going through a, a lot of grief, uh, listening to other people's stories of how their life is different from mine and challenging in different ways um, was really was really great. So thank you for doing the show. I know so many people say that to you, but um, I don't know if it gets old. But it, it 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 really is the best. Like I tell every every time anybody asks for a podcast recommendation, I'm like, you have to listen to Beautiful Anonymous. It's like one of the most important things I think that's happening in podcasts. Well, that's super nice of you, and uh, it never gets old. And when you tell me that the show helped you get through what had to be one of the worst stretches, it's the exact type of thing that, uh, you know, when I get frustrated or exhausted with, you know, my career, it's the exact type of thing that's a good reminder that it's not about me. It's not about my ego. It's that I think the best art is made um, by the artist for the people. And that means the world. I can't tell you how much that means. 
yeah, yeah. Had to get that out of the way. So I guess, let's see, how much time do we have left? 39 About minutes. half an hour? 39. Yeah. Okay, okay. Still got plenty of time. So kind of how I imagine this could possibly go, because when I tell people, oh, my partner and I want to have kids, because we're two women and yada, 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 people, you know, have questions or they try to fill in the blanks of what the details of that will mean. It's not like, you know, a standard heterosexual couple where, oh, we're going to try and have kids. Great. That means you're going to have a bunch of sex, you know, like there's a lot more that goes into it. And so um, I get kind of sick of answering all of those questions and having people assume things or, you know, sometimes they'll just say, oh, so you're going to adopt you know, they, they just immediately fill in the blanks for me. And so I thought maybe you could just ask me some questions, um, whatever comes to your mind. Um, and uh, that way I've already answered it and I can just tell my friends, hey, go, go listen to me tell Chris about it because <laughs> it's too personal to talk about. It's too personal to talk about all the time, you know? Of course. Well, I, then I'll, I'll mix in, if it's okay with you, some broad questions about the process both the thought process and the physical process, and then maybe some questions about your specific scenario as well, because it's really interesting. Yeah, that'd be great. That's perfect. So first question that I bet a lot of people ask is, um, which one of you plans on, on carrying the child? Yes, that is always the first question. And um, so just a little bit of a visual. So I kind of look like, a fertility goddess, you know, like just big all around. Excuse me. <laughs> like I could carry a lot of milk, you know, okay, and my okay. girlfriend is more, more petite, athletic, smaller, thin hips. And so people always assume that I'm, since I'm the more feminine looking one that I'll be the one to carry. But, um, so we actually will probably both try at the same time. And, uh, Part of that has to do with the fact that um, the sperm donor, uh, he was Australian. And so we actually have to travel to Australia in order to um, uh, try and conceive. So with all of the extra costs of like flying there and back and accommodation and everything, uh, we're both going to try at the same time, probably. Wow. And Which wouldn't s- that be fun, right? <laughs> I mean, that's... This this story. I wish we didn't spend so much time talking about uh, my uh, crazy dog fantasies. Um, <laughs> so you're wow, and you said you're doing IVF, not IUI. Which IUI I think is artificial insemination. IVF would be they extract eggs, inseminate them, place them back in uh, during your natural cycles with the help of hormones. I believe that's correct. Yeah. Yeah, and um, IVF is much more expensive than an IUI, but uh, unfortunately, because uh, his samples have been frozen for so long, the sperm count is way down, and it's not suitable for doing an IUI. I think that's more for uh, when you get a fresh sample. Yeah, yeah. I think. So, Yeah. So, and, and that's a physically strenuous process. I mean, this is a lot of hormones yeah. leading up to the situation. Then I don't know. Are you planning on starting all that process once you're in Australia, or are you going to be in the states doing the injections and then flying over? 
and because you have to get a procedure to have the eggs removed. They have to test all the sperm, test all the eggs, put them together, another yeah. procedure to put them back in you. What's the timing on this Australia trip? Um, well, uh, my partner is a teacher, so we were hoping, you know, uh, we actually wanted to go this summer, but, you know, traveling is not really allowed right now. Um, so probably spend a whole month in the summer over there. That way we can also spend time with um, his mom and brother and kind of, you know, get everyone acquainted. And I, I love Australia. I, I lived in Sydney for a year, um, you know, half before and half after my partner died. So uh, I really want to show um, Sydney to my, my partner now. Um, I think she'll love it. It's a great city. Now, so hopefully, yeah, it's been a while. Le- right, which would I imagine? I, cause I imagine if you, uh, if you're trying to time it right, you can't do a whole bunch of the, uh, groundwork in the States. And then, you know, if a flight gets canceled or something like that, and, and then, or mess, mess, you can't try to time it where it's like, and then we'll land. And then two days later, we'll get the egg extraction. That's just like, you need to time there. <laughs> yeah. Right? That's a little bit too much, a little bit too much stress all at once. Yeah. If you're actually, you know, Stress is not good for pregnancy. So mm-hmm. I think that it'll be better to kind of get there, settle in for a little while, and then kind of like do everything, everything there. Now, yeah. some harder, more personal questions. You said your partner suggested using your ex-partner's sperm, which I guess where to begin? You're effectively going to right? be, yeah, I mean, everything right like you it sounds so giving of your partner you also must worry is are there going to be are the kids going to be a reminder of the previous partner in a way that might create i don't want to say jealousy because it would be much more layered than that but you're now raising your ex-partner's kids who were delivered via your current partner i mean that's a one this is a once in a lifetime story your ex-partner's family are are they are you proposing that they'll be viewing these kids as their grandchildren. There's all that side of things that I'd love to hear about too. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, first, first thing I did was, uh, write a letter to his mom, um, and ask her if it would be okay with her. And she, she spoke with his brother and, um, they both came to me and said, you know, we think it would be fantastic. And I, part of the reason that we were interested in using this specific, sperm is that it's someone that we know whose family we know, um, not just a, you know, like a random donor in a book. Um, but it's also not someone that we know, you know, and is still currently around. It, it, it just kind of seems like, um, the best of both worlds, not to say, Oh, like you don't have to worry about the donor because he's dead. That and you know that sounds pretty harsh for the people listening, but um, you know it's been a, a few years now, so I, I can say that um, it's more like uh, the more love, the better. The more love the child gets, the better. So having an extra grandmother and an extra uncle, even if they're far away, great. Um, I do. You know, when he first passed away, 
I actually really wished that I was accidentally pregnant because it, there's that desire to like hold on to a piece of that person. Um, and I guess I always had it in the back of my mind, like, oh, if I, if I never meet anyone, um, maybe I'll just have a baby on my own using his sperm, you know, like this is just kind of something in the back of my mind. So when it, when it, it came up to my partner that she was interested in, in creating a child together, uh, with this sperm that would, that would potentially be available to us. Um, I was a little conflicted because there, there is the possibility of, um, you know, she worries that people will look at the child and think that it, think of it more as mine and his rather than, you know, mine and hers together. I don't really think people are going to feel that way. Um, especially, you know, people who meet us later. I don't really plan on telling that part of the story to everyone. It's more so people who've known me for a while who will know that part of it. Um, yeah, I, I worry about the feelings of everybody involved. Uh, I worry about how, how much is this child going to look like him, act like him, have random idiosyncrasies that are just genetic somehow, you know, things like that. Mm -hmm. um, so that's, that's stuff we're still working on. Yeah. Cause those moments, I would imagine it's like, those moments that you mentioned of because there's things like that right my my mom always says that i when i get stressed out i i sort of run my hand through my hair where she goes my father did that his whole life when he got stressed out that is so yeah. weird it's just like this genetic yeah. tick somehow passed down i first of all mm -hmm. have to imagine for his family in australia that's such a gift that they'll be able to say oh we get yeah. to actually have a sense that our son, our brother lives on. So it's beautiful. But yeah. then it, it kind of, right? And then the question is for you, is that going to create pain from the trauma? And for your current partner, is it going to create, like you said, this feeling of, um, um, I, uh, like this feeling of, is your current partner as, as like, not as much a piece of the puzzle as you are due to your past relation with this, with this donor. Yeah. It's wild. Yeah. Did they ever meet? Did they ever meet each other? No, no. Um, we, so like, so I met him um, when I was kind of on like a bit of a gap year, I traveled after college and <laughs> this is another just crazy part of the story that I forget about until right now. Um, I don't know if you remember, but back in 2015, there was a big earthquake in Nepal. Uh, mm -hmm. And like a lot of little villages around Kathmandu were pretty heavily destroyed. Well, um, he and I met in Nepal on that day. Uh, we, we both went swimming in the lake after the earthquake happened. And um, I was just like, oh, here's this cute guy. Like he's dark with a beard and oh he's Australian how sexy and uh yeah we just kind of like spent five days together you know doing what people do when they meet in Nepal and uh mostly like smoking hash and doing things um mm -hmm. and uh so 
we kind of met on the other side of the world. And then I decided later to move to Australia to, to give it a go because we had stayed in touch. And um, wait, so where was I getting to with that? Oh, yeah. Good times in Kathmandu. um, You moved halfway across the world. Those must have been some good times in Kathmandu. (laughs) Well, we were actually in Pakara, which is lucky because they didn't really receive nearly as much damage as people closer to the epicenter, but we definitely felt it. Mm -hmm. Um, So Earthquake Day is kind of a day that I celebrate every year because it's the day that I met him. Um, So, and then he passed away. uh, Actually, the anniversary was just on Friday, the anniversary of the day he died. And that was in 2016. So, um, and then I met my current partner about a year and a half after that. Uh, I was working in an ice cream shop, the one I just got laid off from. And she came in and ordered a scoop. And uh, I think it was the movie Lady Bird had just come out. And so she was like, have you gone to see that? And I was like, yeah. And we just talked about it. Um, so yeah, I there was a bit of a, a year and a half in between when one kind of left my life and the other one came in. And what, what type of scoop was it? Do you remember the flavor? You know, I, I try to remember all the time, but I really cannot remember. It was probably like knowing her, it was probably one of our seasonal flavors. We had flavors. Oh, I can't really say we anymore, but uh, no, I love them. I, I consider myself part of their family forever. Um, we have, flavors that change every month so it's probably something seasonal because she really values variety now listen you consider them family if they hear this they better hook you up with free ice cream they better give you some (laughs) rocky road i'll tell actually play that you want people to learn about you yeah you want people to learn about you from listening you go ahead you send this to every employee at that ice cream shop and no Hey, the economy is what it is, and it sucks, and I feel you, but you can't spare a salary anymore. You can spare a scoop. I'm not saying you need to throw hot fudge and nuts in there. You don't need to give away a whole Sunday, but give a scoop. Give me a scoop, you know, just Great. once a week. Yeah, give, give me a, a scoop. scoop. Wow. So what do you think? What do you think? Are such a, such a, I mean, this, this story is so unique. Yeah. When you see well, here's those... here's one more thing I'll say kind of yeah. on the last thing we were talking about is, so, um, you know, I, not wanting my partner to feel like she's an addition and me and the child are the main thing. Um, because we have to, you know, have the eggs extracted and then re-implanted. Um, if it's possible, I'd really like, because... The, the, the actual um, fertility hormones are the most expensive part of the treatment, the drugs themselves, not the procedure. So uh, if there was a way that, if it, you know, we could get multiple eggs from her and then put some in her and some in me, that would be ideal for me. Like if I could carry a child that was his and hers in my body, that's kind of like my dream scenario. Because then... That wow. all the kids are like 100% related to each other, and I am connected to them through knowing him and through carrying one or more of them. And um, it's just kind of like an ultimate <laughs> blended family, you know? Like, it's more important to me that we feel like a tight, solid family than to have my genes represented there. Let's pause right there. Oh man, this thing just, there's just more and more layers 
being placed on this one. But what a, uh, what a truly unique tale we're hearing. We'll be right back. Alright everybody, that's all the breaks. Let's get into this. Let's finish this one off. It's more important to me that we feel like a tight, solid family than to have my genes represented there. This is, you know that this story is wild. You understand that. This is, yeah, I know. I know. And I, I knew that you would find it fascinating. So. Absolutely. Because, so when you, right, I believe, I believe that what you're describing is a situation that traditionally it would be a surrogate, right? Take someone yeah. else's fertilized embryo, you carry it and deliver it. So you yeah. are effectively signing up to fly to a different continent so you can simultaneously be the surrogate for your current partner and your ex-partner who is very sadly and tragically deceased. You're simultaneously the surrogate for two of your own partners, one of whom yeah. has passed. Yeah. Also, you know, they both wow. have blue eyes. And I'd really love to have a blue-eyed baby. So it's just... There you go. It's the best. <laughs> so you will... Any other questions? Yeah. Yeah, about a million. <laughs> so you effectively will say, I will, I, will, I will perchance have this extra connection because I will recognize the children's biological father and their behavior you will have an extra connection through actual genetic relation. And therefore we will, will almost, you're almost, it's almost like carving up the pie and okay, now we have equal slices. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Yeah. What a, what a path you are walking. What a path. But it is, it's, it's, yeah. it's financially very, Stressful, physically very stressful, emotionally very stressful. It's a process. And that's all for IVF at its starting point, let alone with all these added emotional layers. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Absolutely. It's not easy being a fertility it's, goddess. <laughs> it's really not. People expect a lot. <laughs> It's really not easy being a fertility goddess. Yeah. So yeah. another thing, my understanding is that during IVF, very often they will not implant one embryo, that they'll implant two or three <laughs> healthy ones so that, because, you know, it's, yeah. it's, it's not a 100% success rate. Um. Right. You know, you, you hear stories about people who for years keep attempting, keep attempting. Mm -hmm. And then what happens is, is uh, I, I believe a little bit higher percentage of the time than through natural births, you might wind up with twins. So there's a chance that you and your mm -hmm. partner might both be implanted with multiple embryos and wind up with, mo with, with, with four, four babies. This yeah. Is, that this was is, an interesting day when we kind of realized that, <laughs> You know, we, we'd probably had a couple of beers and we were like, oh my gosh, like what if we end up with quadruplets from two sets of twins or 
I mean, honestly, it'd be pretty fucking cool. Sorry, Sally. And, I, you know, like, it would be pretty fucking cool. That is. It would be a lot. It would be a lot. But, you know, like, then you're one and done, you know, or hey. two and two and done at the same time. But then I'm also. Just th- them. <laughs> that is four and done, four and done. <laughs> I'm also remembering all the steps of the way from when Hallie was pregnant and you know, you go and you get these in-depth ultrasounds where, um, you know, they, they check on the health of the, the baby and, and it takes a while. And so every one of those appointments, you conceivably could, maybe will, go with your partner, potentially checking in on four babies, two people every time. Yeah. Yeah. This you gotta pick. You gotta pick an OB who's very <laughs> who's very down for the cause on this one, right? Yeah. Luckily, I have a really awesome um, primary care doctor that I love, who uh, is like a nurse midwife, and um, I feel like she'd be really up for it. She really would. Uh-huh. And here's the other thing. So, so. After the babies are born, Oops. say there's more than one, then we're both nursing at the same time. And it's like everybody gets everybody's milk and you just pass them back and forth and not, you know, like we can trade off. Everybody can feed, you know, like two women together. That seems like a really great team to me to have that multiple is, babies. I mean, that is pretty good stuff. Uh, I apologize. My alarm went off in my pocket. It's to tell me it's time to take one of my medicines, but I'm going to wait till after this. Now you mentioned that. So there's a potential. So we're envisioning a world where you might wind up with two, three, even four babies and both of you sitting on opposite ends of the couch, breastfeeding two babies at a time. That's wild. Although if you only have one baby, yeah, this also means that, I mean, man, does that free up a lot of, uh, I, re- I remember, oh my God, Cal, those first three months, he would take a bottle so I could get up and do the overnight feeding. So I would do like the 3 a.m., the 5 a.m. Um, yeah. Because they have a very natural reflex. Like there's a real strong instinct in those first three months for them to just want to suck on the bottle. But then after that, it becomes a choice. And this dude just, he didn't, he just decided, nope, I don't want bottles. I want it straight from the tap. And he would not drink from a bottle. And and then now he drinks water from a cup, from a sippy cup. So that helps. But it was like nine months where Hallie just had to do every feeding was a breastfeeding and I couldn't help. Mm-hmm. Ooh, but you won't have yeah. to deal you with know, that. You'll both be, you'll both be yeah. able to step up in that way. Yeah. Well, um, you, you know, like you have to kind of be pregnant in order to like produce milk. Right. But there are ways that you can stimulate it by like hormones and um, suckling, basically. So <laughs> I think that we would probably figure it out. <laughs> so even if you uh, don't both get pregnant, you do plan on on trying to jumpstart everybody so that everybody can be a part of that. Um, it would, it would be, it would be, it would be awesome, you know, Chris, because when you just now were like describing the scene of us sitting on the couch and holding, like I was beaming, you know, like I like choked up a little bit because 
that's that's my dream you know that's amazing now can i say and i think you will laugh at this right i think you will laugh at this i bet that there might be some listeners who are more conservative in lifestyle um or politics who are going okay so so today's caller is um is someone who raises who grows potatoes in a shopping cart raises their own chickens to eat their own eggs lives in a city where all the sidewalks um are free farms and is traveling to australia with her pansexual partner so they can both become pregnant at the same time i bet there's a lot of people out there going oh yeah this is someone who lives on the coasts this when you said i live in one of those coastal liberal cities you ain't lying you ain't lying <laughs> yeah 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 they those people would not be wrong even working at an ice cream shop weirdly fits into that i think you <laughs> into the check into the check marks was it like a yeah it was like an artisanal ice cream shop you said Mm-hmm. So you had yeah, flavors all that natural. Would be like, like corn pops with gold leaf. You'd have stuff like that. That would be one of the flavors. We actually um, never got that crazy because, believe it or not, those wild flavors, while they make the shop interesting, people don't really order them that much. Mm-hmm. People really like their cookies and cream. They oh, like yeah. their mint chocolate chip. Mm-hmm. My personal favorite, buttered pecan, right? Classic old lady flavor, but it's my favorite. Buttered um, pecan. So we do make seasonal ones but they're more like blackberry and uh mm. s'mores you know things mm. that are a little bit more approachable peppermint peppermint yeah. for the holiday season maybe a pumpkin spice oh yeah we do a candy cane Ooh. it's so good real chopped up candy canes they kind of like dissolve into the ice cream a little bit and make it kind of pink it's delicious i love it i love it i mean this is truly mm-hmm. you are truly i mean i'll just call it out this is not just West Coast. You are so Northwest. Am I wrong? You're not wrong. You are <laughs> so Northwest. You worked in an artisanal ice cream shop. We also know you bike everywhere. Raise your own chickens, shopping cart potatoes, public farming. Yeah. IVF yeah. with your parents. Don't tell- this is amazing. Yeah, I'm a little nervous for people. I like I don't want to give my town away because too many people will move here. Like we've already got enough of them coming from mm-hmm. all the all the tech businesses. Well, it's one of like three. We all know. We know. <laughs> you don't have to say, but my money don't you don't need to say a word cuz you don't want you said you don't want it's Portland or Olympia. It it's come on. We're narrowing this down step by step, moment by moment. Maybe Bellingham maybe Bellingham, but that's a maybe based on my, you know what? I love this because, because it could be all of those places, but it's not, you know, it's another hidden gem. Oh, I love it. I love it. There's one little secret passion that hasn't been blown out yet, but you know what else I hope too? Cause there is the whole like Portlandia sketch show which was so funny, Mm -hmm. but that played up these same stereotypes that I'm joking about right now. But I think what's most important is hearing you love your partner. You still have love for your ex-partner. You're going to have these kids. You said it's your dream to sit there on a couch with your partner, both of you breastfeeding. 
You're going to give so much love to these kids. You said that an extra grandparent, an extra uncle just means more love in their lives. And I think it just goes to show one thing that that I think Beautiful Anonymous has uh, taught me over and over and over and over again is that love can take on many forms. And when you hear someone describe it in their own words, it always feels quote unquote normal. It always does. There's yeah. nothing, nothing... Yeah. Nothing feels nothing feels weird or abnormal when you can feel people genuinely expressing love in whatever form it takes. I totally agree. And um, like I said, I traveled a lot. I've been to about 30 countries. And one thing that it really showed me is that it, we're all so the same. You know, the religion might be different. The food might be different. The language might be different. But the like basics of life that and the, the struggles we go through, the feelings we feel as like mixed up and complicated as they can be, it's so universal. It, and like, it really makes me feel part of like a greater humankind, you know, to, to hear about people who may have completely different experiences, but you can see yourself in them, even in just a small way. I've said this on stage many, many times, and I've probably said it on the show a few times, but I used to be so scared of international travel. Now between work and the fact that my wife loves it, I've done a fair amount. But let me uh, let me say this. Anywhere in the world I've been, you might see people so different than you. People's lifestyles are so different than your lifestyle, but there's four things I've found to always be true. Anywhere in the world, you meet someone. People want to have a good meal. They want to have a drink. They want to laugh together. And they want to hang out with their families, the people they love. That's true everywhere. Everywhere you go, someone will sit down and have a laugh, have a drink, have a bite to eat. And you see everywhere. Mm -hmm. People love their families. And it's, it's, uh, it, it never gets old to me. It never gets old to me to see the forms those things take on. You better take those meds, Chris. I don't know how I... I'm, I'm, I just turned 40 and all of a sudden I can't work a goddamn iPhone. What did I do now? I feel so bad because I keep interrupting your call. I'm just 40. Oh, okay. I used to I used to know how everything worked and now I'm 40 and I can't... I'm going to just turn that off. Okay. I know. I think who knows. Anyway. I know. I'm about to turn 30 this year. And 30's great. Like I already I'm sorry. You continue. You were going to say you're already what? Oh. Oh. Uh I'm already feeling like I'm getting behind. Mm -hmm. It's it's it feels like a lot to to keep up with and I see people who are like in their 70s right now who are still on top of it and yeah. I I just hope I can keep up. I hope I can keep up with the bare minimum of understanding technology because it's only going to change exponentially from here. I mean, they're going to start implanting it in our heads and all that stuff now. Oh gosh. I really, so you're, you're 29. You're 29. Yep. Now. Yep. I think it's fair to say, you tell me if you agree or not. By the stand, not by not by all of the states' standards, but by the by the standards of, uh, especially like the coastal super liberal cities, 
that is still pretty young to sign up for for kids. You sure you're ready? Oh yeah, I think so. I've seen a lot of the world. I've you know had really amazing experiences and really messed up experiences. I like. I don't want to be an old parent. You know, I wanna. I want to be like in my early fifties with an empty nest and still have the opportunity to travel more, but with a little bit more money and a little bit more of the finer thing, you know? Um, I, I feel like I'm ready. We're ready. I, yeah, no doubt in my mind about that because how, like how ready can you possibly be? It's still going to change your life. Yeah. 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 Immeasurably, I would say. And Yeah. And a lot of my, you know, like uh, my partner's siblings are talking about having kids. Um, a lot of our friends are having kids. And I really want my kids to like grow up in a, in a tight little cohort of, of this like extended family that we've built between actual family and long-term friends. Um, yeah, I moved around a lot as a kid. And so I, I, like was always changing who was close to me. And I just really want, I want my kids to be friends with my friend's kids <laughs> and that's yeah. happening right now. So. Yeah, that's the way to do it. That is true. I'm, I'm going to be, when Cal graduates college, I'm going to be right on the cusp of social security. So I am jealous. I'm like, it's funny. I said to my dad, I'm like, you know, we got out of college and you were still able to travel a little bit. You were still able to like, I was like, I don't think I'm going to get that. And he's like, yeah, but um, you already like made your money. Like I lived in fear every day mm -hmm. that if I broke my foot and couldn't go to work that you'd um, all be, you know, all be starving. Yeah. So grass is always greener, that's buddy. True. I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's and true. you know, the timing's different for everybody. I feel like for you, the timing was right and it happened and Right, you're happier than ever, right? I feel like oh yeah. It, there's no there's no cookie cutter way to do it, you know. Can Not you guys hear it in my voice on the show? Can you just tell that I'm happier? I wonder if people um, can just tell. Well, maybe I don't know. I might have to go back and listen to the early episodes, <laughs> but I feel like maybe 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 one thing is like you don't seem like you're trying as hard. You know, yeah. you're way more relaxed. I think. And you, yeah. you just have a lot more to talk about that makes you happy. You know, you talk about your wife and you talk about your kid and you talk about your house. And when you talk about those things, you can really hear how, you know, how much satisfaction you get from it. Well, so I don't know if I can't say you were unhappy before, but like, yeah, it's fair. It's, and it's, it ties into what we're talking about because it's like, uh, the priorities of what lead to happiness and the priorities of what success means because we are capitalists and some people hate that. Some people love that. Most of us land in between money seems to be one of the markers that uh, we, we point towards as, as success. And it's easy for me to say, because I did, I mean, I had a TV show. I made, I made my money and uh, I've realized though, it's the least important one. And I went and bought a house with that money so Cal can grow up nice. And now I have no money again. And uh, I'm super psyched about that. I bought him a nice house. I bought him a nice house in a nice town. He'll grow up right. And now I have no money again. And he'll have to deal with that. 
But uh, money's the least <laughs> hey, important one. You know, it's that's kids, all right. It's the happiness. Just get him a dog and some chickens, and he'll be happy. Who knows? Oh, I am rooting for you so hard. I'm rooting for you. Thank you. And thank you. I I, I want to ask all the listeners just like thoughts, prayers, good vibes. Yes. Yes. Atheists, whatever atheists do, just you know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right now in this moment, spend five seconds sending up a wish for me and my girl because we want to be moms so bad. And it's not easy. And I'll tell you, if you save up all that money and fly all the way to Australia and, and uh, it's a swing and a miss, that's going to be very, very hard to deal with. So I really hope it doesn't happen. I'm, I'm rooting for you really hard and you can, you can raise your, uh, yeah. and, and, and again, I just keep walking away with the thought of, I don't know if I've ever heard a story so unique and so beautiful that you lost someone and then remembered that there was the potential to help them live on. That is really, really profound. Really profound. Yeah. And a huge, in, in, a, in a way, it's such a, it's like a quietly huge responsibility to take on. And, um, you know, I feel like if it, if it all works out right, what a gift, what a gift to his family, what a gift to his memory. And I just hope that it doesn't psychologically mess you up or mess your partner up because it's, it's really such a beautiful story. Yeah. Thank you. We're, we're pretty tight and um, we're really good at communicating. I think that's hugely important. Um, we're going to talk it all out, you know, before yeah. there's a chance for, it to go wrong. You know? Now, the ideal is that your partner will contribute half the genetic blueprint to your kids. Mm-hmm. You're going to see a ton of your current partner in there. We have a minute left, and mm-hmm. I'll ask maybe a sensitive question. Are there things about your ex that you hope you get to see again? Like any of those idiosyncrasies that you mentioned come up. Are there anywhere you're going, I just hope I get to feel that one more time? Um. You know, the thing about uh, loss is that, you know, time really does heal. And it's honestly kind of scary, the things that you can forget. Uh, the honest answer is that there are, there are traits that I hope I don't see. You know, things that with the wisdom of time and age, I've realized maybe weren't the best and the healthiest. Um, like really intelligent, really loving, creative, um, all of those things great. There's some other things like uh, recklessness and arrogance, honestly, that uh, that I could do without. So that might not be the sweet ending of this call, but um, that's the honest answer. <laughs> it's the pragmatic <laughs> answer. But it's also real life, you know, because I think every parent listening would just sit there and nod their heads and go, well, that's our job as parents, right? Like, I hope my kid is creative and kind and uh, a lot of the qualities I think describe me, but I hope he's not depressed and I hope that he does a better job uh, maintaining friendships and not being a total workaholic. Like, I think that's just being a parent. So a very pragmatic, honest answer. And our time is up. What a story. Thank you, Chris. Yeah. Hey, call me back next year and maybe I'll be pregnant. I know. I got to hear how these potatoes turn out too. 
<laughs> yeah. If they're good, I'll send you some. Oh, I would love that. I would love that. All right. Good luck sending you. I'll start. I'll be the first one sending you good vibes right now. I really hope everything works out. Thank you, Chris. Thank you so much. Have a really good rest of your week. You too. Caller, thank you so much. Again, just like you said, everybody listening, send some good vibes, send some prayers, send some positive thoughts, because this is uh, what a huge swing our caller's taking, and I just hope it all works out well. Caller, thanks so much for sharing that story. Really, really blew me away. Thank you, Jared O'Connell. Thank you, Anita Flores. Thank you, Shellshag, for the music. You want to know more about me when I'm going out on the road, like Royersford, Pennsylvania, on 927, chrisgeth.com. Get all your tickets. To listen to the show on Apple Podcasts, subscribe, hit follow on Spotify, hit favorite on Stitcher. If you want our whole back catalog, stitcherpremium.com slash stories. All the info's there. Thanks for listening. 